Well, hello, everybody. It is May 30th, 2018, and you've arrived at the We Are MCBS podcast. You must be at the right place because here we are. Sitting across the table of honor from me is our very own program director, Kathy Craven. Kathy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic because I'm at the MCBS podcast studios. Yeah, I know. And here you are. And I know that you're usually on the other side of the earbuds listening. And now here you get a chance to actually talk into the microphone. I am. And and it's just such an honor to sit with such stardom. Well, I know when you joined us a couple months ago, we talked about what an immense honor it must be for you. So it is glad... We are glad to have you Still back. Still is. Yeah. Still is. <laughs> well, we have a very exciting episode for you today with a couple of media-related topics. And the first one, a movie I haven't even seen yet. I'm so sorry, everybody. I've been very busy, but I promise I'm going to go watch the half-price movie at the Oviedo Movie Theater coming up pretty soon. Yeah, and I haven't seen it because I have a 12-year-old who really wants to see it, but, you know, this is one of those R-rated superhero oh, yeah. movies, well. so... He'll be able to watch it in yeah, six or seven years. Yeah, it's kept us from the theater at this point, though. Luckily, we have some experts in the room with us. They have all paid their money, and they have seen the film. And while they're not going to share any spoilers, they are going to share the amazing news about what Deadpool 2 has been doing in the box office. Tyler, take it away for us. And joining me today for some Deadpool news is going to be Kevin Drake. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, sir. So, Deadpool. So, we got to talk about the big uh, Thanos versus Cable, the Brolin v. Brolin. Josh Brolin all the way. He's actually owning the movie scene this year in general with these two films along with some other films that are coming up later in the year. Do you think it's his stardom that's causing both these movies to make Buku's loads of money? Oh, yeah, definitely. One, you're playing the Mad Titan and the other one, Cable. Two very prominent comic book characters. One could say they're probably the same character. Ooh, just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. What we have is that Deadpool actually outbeat Infinity Wars for the top spot in the box office. So last I ended up checking, it was sitting somewhere at like $125 million. Like, who knows what it's at now? So that was uh, domestic box offices. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it made overseas by any chance? Overseas, they made, when they were first doing the marketing campaign, when they first started pushing everything out, no one really expected for Deadpool 2 to do this well. They knew it was going to be either better than the first one or on par with it, but no one no one was expecting this. Even the reviews that came out before Deadpool even showed to the main audience, people were stating that it was far better than the first one. It, someone even stated that it was better than Infinity War itself. I'm not going to comment one way or another on that. But this does lead into a few interesting questions because a lot of people, there's been a debate going on about superhero movies and is the general audience sick of them? And what Deadpool 2 almost proves is that the audience isn't sick of superhero movies yet. They're probably just looking for a new class of superhero movie because we've had 10 years of Marvel. What do you think will end up happening if Disney ends up acquiring Fox? Like what will happen to Deadpool? Because it's a rated R film and it's kind of paved the way for Logan to happen and probably more things in development at the time. Well, see, that's the whole issue that people have with the whole Disney and Fox merger is due to the fact that people don't expect Disney to keep Deadpool around they feel like they're going to just take the R rating out and make him really mediocre. But when CEO and president of Disney, Bob Iger, came out, he stated that, no, we're keeping Deadpool and we're going to keep the R rating. They're thinking about making a whole separate 
part of Marvel just for R-rated films. But when Deadpool comes over and does a team-up film with any of the other superheroes, they'll drop him down to PG-13, but they'll still let him be comedic, breaking the fourth wall and everything like that. But with his solo and standalone films, R-rating, let him do whatever he wants because they, they love Ryan Reynolds. He's built for Deadpool. He practically is Deadpool at this moment. I imagine if they're going to do the PG-13 route, if they throw him in with the other Avengers, the fourth wall break of the sensor bars should be used heavily. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's really funny because when Deadpool 1 first came out, there's actually in one of the comics, in one of the pages, Deadpool actually says he's Ryan Reynolds in the comics itself before Deadpool ever came into the movie scene you know i imagine that somebody somewhere knew that this was gonna happen oh so yeah, they're definitely. just like if i write this in now people in the future are gonna think i'm some form of prophet speaking of when ryan reynolds was in the fifth grade he did a book report on deadpool turned it into his teacher got the grade and forgot about it for however many years it's been and this reporter just busts out with it while he's on the red carpet and hands it to him amazing go look that clip up and uh, and watch the magic Oh, I'm sorry, but that is foreshadowing at its finest. Absolutely. And that about covers everything of Deadpool for this week. I mean, Ryan Reynolds was handed something from the fifth grade that he did on Deadpool. Now, I'm afraid that if ever I get some form of relevancy in the industry, something from my younger years is going to come back to haunt me. Oh, that's what I'm hoping for. Someone just brings it up to me. It's like, I found this in your past. First, I'm going to be like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. It's like, why are you looking into my past and searching for these things? I'm just going to apologize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry you had to look me up. So, hey, it is my pleasure, Kathy Craven here, to throw the segment, I Cannot Believe That's Somebody's Job. So, I'm going to throw that to Ben, our MCBS family member, who is going to speak on I Cannot Believe That's Somebody's Job. Yeah, so, uh, thank you, Kathy. As of May 14th, it is now legal to use sports gambling in casinos and online. So a lot of companies now are trying to figure out how to market that. Because prior to this, a lot of companies like FanDuel and DraftKings, they would market themselves as one-night-only fantasy games. And you see a lot of those on sports websites and ESPN. So yeah, I'm wondering if there's going to be more competition that might actually bring on sort of more genres, shall we say, of gambling. It's one of those scenarios where like uh, more competition kind of produces a better product. You can honestly gamble on any type of sport. But yeah, and also I think it's good for just the industry because it produces more jobs and more opportunities to kind of like grow. So looking at how they do betting with like horse racing, how do you think they could incorporate that with sports betting? I don't think that will happen because most of these most states are trying to regulate how they do it. And there's still that stigma with it. Maybe in a couple of years they might actually have that. But I know I've been to the horse racing casinos before and they have you can bet on other races around like the country. But I think if you're at a stadium that primarily just does basketball or hockey, you can bet on those two. But I don't think they'd venture out like right away into the other realms of sports, just the ones that they cover right then and there. So, Ben, you kind of touched a little bit on strategy. So what would be the marketing strategy in terms of this new gambling opportunities that have come up? Well, I think it's a little easier. The demographics, obvious. It's anybody 18 years or older who knows and watches sports. Um, I think the big thing with marketing right now for them, just for the first beginning of the years, would be a lot of public relations, just to kind of ease that stigma about it and kind of like learn how to translate it in a way that's kind of like friendly fun. Gotcha. So kind of just really kind of focusing on opening up that target audience and easing that stigma is going to be one of their sort of first 
tasks. Yeah, and then once that's uh, settled, then everything else kind of get the ball rolling. Right. So they're make it, they're going to make it family fun to sit around on a Friday night and do some gambling together. Which yeah, if you're you know, eighteen or if you're eighteen or older, <laughs> right? Illegal, right? Legal gambling together. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Those are great uh, pearls. So that was a heck of a day. Deadpool two, some sports gambling marketing, and uh, and for crying out loud, it's it's the the day before the last day of May. I have no idea where this beautiful month has gone, but I guess get ready for June, everybody, because it's here. Really appreciate you being here, Kathy. I think this was a fun day. It was a fantastic day. I am so glad to sit across the table from such brilliance. Well, play your cards right. You might get to do it again someday. Ooh, <laughs> I will play those cards right. Well, now that it's legal to do that, go right Right, yeah. yeah. I just happen to be just a tad over 18, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks to the gang for being here around the table of honor. And thanks to you for listening to us uh, through your earbuds or whatever speakers you're listening through. You guys have a great rest of your week. 